My guest on the Weekly Squeak this week, and yes, I do appreciate that that has become increasingly meaningless, and I will be renaming very, very soon, but for now, we'll stick to that irrelevant name. My guest today is William Morgan from Linker D. Now, first and foremost, I had one apology, one question. We were going to be William and Jason Morgan. Firstly, Jason can't make it. Secondly, are you related? Or... <laughs> Yeah, uh, great question. Okay. No, we're not. Well, okay. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah. Only coincidence. Fair enough. And Just um, tell. Let's just start with a very, very quick overview of what Linkerd is and why someone might want to use it. Let's start there. Sure. Yeah. So Linkerd is what's called a service mesh. Mm-hmm. It was the uh, very first service mesh, the one that introduced that term into the lexicon. So if you are someone who's in the Kubernetes space, that term is probably, you know, uh, in your brain and you probably want it to go away. So I apologize. Um, but that's what <laughs> that's, that's what Linkerd is. And, uh, you know, basically our goal is if you're operating software, you know, in, uh, in the Kubernetes environment especially, but, you know, kind of generally speaking, cloud-native software, software that we're designing to run in the cloud, then there's a set of features uh, around reliability and around security and around observability that a service mesh like Linkerd can give you at the platform layer rather than you having to build this stuff in the application. So the application doesn't know anything about this. We provide those features. We kind of sit on top of Kubernetes, and everyone is happy. At least that's the the goal. Let's go go back a little bit because um, generally I would ask – what problem you were trying to solve. But I think um, when you mentioned it's one of the first, I guess it starts to answer itself. But I'd actually like to go back because I've had um, service, well, Kubernetes generally is obviously a big, increasingly big topic and the observability and interoperability uh, interviews Mm -hmm. I keep having. And Mm -hmm. some of those projects, like I had um, someone from um, Weaveworks on recently, Mm -hmm. and I remember WeaveNet, from when right. um, that was the only way to kind of, well, the main only way to get um, docking containers to talk to each other. Um, right, yeah. And now we have lots of options. And so does Linkerd come from that kind of point in time when people were still tossing up between Kubernetes and Mesos and, and things like that? Or is it yeah, before yeah. that even? No, 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 that's exactly right. So, you know, the first version of Linkerd was 2016, okay. you know, first open source version uh, and that first version supported Kubernetes, it supported Mesos, it supported console, it supported like, you know, a zookeeper. You could kind of connect it to different combinations of service discovery things. And a lot of the early adoption was people who were kind of migrating between systems. Mm. And then over time, you know, that's evolved. And now our focus is entirely on, uh, uh, on Kubernetes. And of course, you know, the underlying implementation for Linkerd actually has changed very dramatically yeah, from those early versions too. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's exactly that, that time period. Uh, it's, it's crazy because 2016 does not really seem that long ago um, at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was still, you know, this was, I was in elementary school at that point, so, you know. <laughs> I wish. Um, but... Was there, I mean, was Linkerd just a first thing to call itself a service mesh? Yeah. Or yeah, were there right. other alternatives that kind of did the same thing at the same time or similar concepts that you drew from? No, not really. So, you know, we actually went through this uh, kind of difficult process where 
we had to come up with a name for it because what we were building was something that was pretty unique, you know, and, and our original names for Linkerd, we were calling it like an application proxy. Okay. We were calling it like, or no, application router, and we were calling it like RPC proxy. And because our background actually came out of Twitter and, and okay. the original version of Linkerd was built on top of this set of Twitter open source technology that was, you know, basically at Twitter was tasked with how do I handle RPC calls between these services that are all on the JVM, you know, and we're trying to do functional programming and Scala over RPC calls and blah, blah. So we had all this weird terminology in our heads that no one understood. And finally we were like, okay, well, let's call this thing, we need a new name, let's give it a, a meaningless name, right? A, mean, a name that like, is basically a big blank sheet of paper. We'll call it service mesh. No one knows what that means. Okay, well now we can kind of, and then, and then we can say, okay, and this is what a service mesh is. So it was a pure like marketing term to call it a service mesh, but <laughs> it actually was pretty different because, you know, it's fundamentally at its heart, there are a lot of proxies. Yeah. yeah. And everyone was very used to proxies at that point, but they used these proxies in a very different way. And for them, you know, a proxy was like this giant thing that you would stick in front of your entire, you know, in front of your Rails application to make sure yeah. that yeah. You know, Rails didn't fall over. And we were saying, no, no, we're doing something that's very different. We're taking this proxy. We're going to give you like 10,000 of them. They're going to be really, really tiny. People got very freaked out. So <laughs> marketing, marketing solution. Let's dig into that a little bit more then. So, I mean, for, for, for someone in 2016 or someone now, what is a service mesh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I told you kind of like the, the value prop, which is around security and reliability and observability at the platform layer. The way that the service mesh accomplishes that is by taking these proxies, and ideally they're, they're tiny little proxies, and sticking them next to your application, basically next to every single service, every instance of every service in your application. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was created. Like circa 2016, that was totally crazy because the idea of managing 10,000 proxies across this fleet of machines was like not something that anyone really had the appetite to do. But luckily, you know, Kubernetes and containerization were starting to rear their uh, beautiful heads. And that actually made that kind of deployment model practical. You could say, you know what, I'm going to take this proxy and like you don't have to care what it's written in. It's just going to be a container and I'm going to stick it in the pod and we're going to do that kind of automatically for you. And so we don't have this deployment cost for doing it. So anyways... Now you have all these proxies that are mediating the communication between your services, and those proxies can actually do things because they're sitting at both sides, right? So when A talks to B, there's a proxy on A side, there's a proxy on B side that can control that connection, and that means we can start implementing features like, oh, we can do mutual TLS on both sides, mm-hmm. or we can do retries you know, and timeouts. Or we can just, you know, instrument like latency of all these calls and, you know, are you getting successes or failures and report those metrics? So that's the kind of implementation under the hood is a whole lot of proxies. And then, you know, there's like a control plane that sits over to the side. So when so when we were creating, creating uh, LinkedIn, what, what kind of did you draw on seeing as this was something new? Where were you getting inspiration from for patterns and, and practices and the architecture? Just pure genius, just innate genius shining through. No reference to anything else. No, no. I mean, we were we were building on top of stuff that to us had become very familiar again from from Twitter because we had just been. You know, this was now you know 2010 to 2014, 2015 was when we were at Twitter, and you know, we is me. Um, you know who 
likes to talk about Linkerd, and then my my co-founder Oliver Gold, who actually does the work, you know, and and, and is typing as, as we speak, it's like improving Linkerd while I'm out, you know, talking about it. But the two of us have been engineers at Twitter at a very transformative time where Twitter was moving from this monolithic Ruby on Rails application into this big distributed, you know, microservice application actually built on Mesos. We didn't have the word microservices, you know, that was still a foreign concept. So we called it SOA. We knew that wasn't a good term, but we didn't know what else to call it. But anyways, Twitter had to like build all this stuff to make that work. And one of the things it had to build was this library that handled the communication in between application components, right? And so that was so transformative at Twitter that when Oliver and I left, we were like, okay, this is something that the rest of the world needs to use, right? And then our only moment of tiny genius was we said, hey, this, you know, what this is, is it's like a Scala library, you know, for doing functional programming over RPC calls. No one, no one cares about that. Like no one wants that outside of Twitter. That's very niche. But if we wrap it up in a proxy, then, you know, it's like, it's got these operational benefits. You can forget about the fact that it's like functional programming and Scala and blah, blah, blah. We'll give you all these operational benefits around automatic retries and instrumentation. And that's, you know, that was, you know, that kind of like, merged with the world of containers and, and container orchestration and all that stuff. And, you know, the rest was just a lot, a whole lot of typing. So let's, let's go on the, the journey. Um, I'm always interested to know when, when someone is at a company and you have something that is kind of an internal tool or an extension of an internal tool, what makes people decide to take it further? Mm -hmm. Um, and first I suppose we should, we should start with, um, was the open source project something you were working on whilst you were still at Twitter or did it become something you started almost immediately after you left or like what was the, what was the motivation to, to kind of take into something new, I guess. Yeah. So we started it after we left, but that first version was based on these Twitter open source projects. There's one in particular called Finagle uh, that Oliver had worked on very heavily and that I, you know, at Twitter had been like a consumer of Finagle and Oliver had been one of the, you know, one of the implementers. Um, so that stuff was, you know, things we were developing for Twitter at Twitter. When we left, that was when we said, okay, let's turn this into like a more serious project. You know, it's, it's not going to be Finagle. It's going to be something else. We can build it on top of Finagle. Yeah. Um, and again, over time, like we've moved off of that stack entirely and there's all, you know, totally different implementation but that was the genesis of the idea. So, you know, which is a little rare for open source uh, companies. Usually, you know, the, the open source project kind of gains momentum and then you yeah. start a company around it and you're like, okay, now I have to like bring it to the enterprise. For us, we did it in, in a different way. And as far as I understand, the the company open source project relationship is Linkerd and Buoyant? Yeah, so Buoyant yeah. is the company that created Linkerd, you know, back in, way back in 2007, I believe we donated it to the CNCF. The CNCF owns a trademark. Okay. You know, it is like a CNCF project. And so Buoyant continues to be like the primary sponsor of the project, but it is a CNCF project. It's like, you know, accepts contributions from all over the world. Anyone can become a contributor and a maintainer. So it's like a full open source yeah. project. And that was part of, that was part of our goal early on is, you know, the one thing we didn't want to do. So we didn't want to do an open core kind of model. You know, we didn't want to have, Linkerd and Linkerd Enterprise, where like we'd hold back features and like the enterprise version would, you know, be the thing that you needed to actually do this in production. We wanted Linkerd to always be a first class open source project. So, you know, uh, making it a CNCF project and 
even today we run it as like a fully open source, yep. you know, project that's decoupled from the stuff that we do uh, at, at Buoyant. Okay. So that was going to be my next question because it's actually kind of nice that it's not very clear. You do work for Buoyant. <laughs> well, you know, I, I wear two hats and like yeah. often I'm speaking with like the Linkerty hat and, yeah. you know, trying to decouple the Buoyant stuff. The Buoyant stuff is super cool, you know, yeah. and it's very Linkerty related. I mean, we're basically building a, uh, a managed Linkerd service, um, but you know, like it's a different, it's a different hat. So then let's go back again. Um, so Linkerd was the first service mesh, but there are mm-hmm. many now, and I can see certainly on uh, on certain social media profiles quite a few comparisons between some of the the main ones. And, mm-hmm. and I do believe. I think I may actually be speaking to one of your competitors very soon <laughs> as well. No, <laughs> so we can, we can ask from both sides. Um, no. I don't necessarily want to dig too much into the us versus them stuff, but what I'm more interested in is knowing, like, you know, when you are responsible for creating something new and then you get other people who take that idea and, and change it and do different things with it, how, how do you as the originators keep fresh and keep innovative mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of beg, borrow, steal without starting to all become the same as each other, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a really good question. Actually, I have a blog post I've been kind of <laughs> brewing in the back of my head uh, about this. So first of all, Linkerd is the best, and, like, all the other ones are <laughs> crappy. So, you know, just we'll just get that out of the way. No, they're not, they're not crappy. It's just like, so actually, I'll answer that question by answering your, your real question, which is, you know, so everything was going great for Linkerd. We like launched this thing. It's called the Service Mesh. Yeah. This is, you know, 2017 CNCF project, like, you know, fifth project accepted. You know, mm-hmm. like it was like Kubernetes, Prometheus, something, something, Linkerd. I was like, oh, this is great. And then Google came out with this project and they were like, yes, we're announcing this thing and it's a Service Mesh, you know, and we're doing it with IBM, you know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, like, what's going to go on here? <laughs> Um, so, you know, uh, that's been, it's been an interesting dynamic because suddenly we were in this very competitive situation, you know, not, and not just with like, you know, uh, another startup doing the same idea, but with Google and IBM, you know, infinite amounts of money, um, you know, to kind of throw, especially at marketing, which is kind of yeah. what they well, did. That doesn't always mean very much, you know, uh, a small company can have more. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. And although that's an interesting discussion, because of course, cool only goes so far if you have to actually also have a business. But that's getting yeah. off. Uh, I'm getting off topic a little. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, for us, you know, we had these early kind of uh, really intense conversations. We were like, okay, what do we want to do? Hmm. You know, how how could we, as a relatively small company, you know, compete with Google, especially? So IBM is like, okay, who cares? You know, like uh, if that's a, well, yeah, it's a different different category. But Google had just created Kubernetes. Yeah, Google exactly. was kind of cool in the same space. And we're like, okay, yeah. this is a serious thing. If we're going to do this, like number one, maybe we could just join them. Like maybe we just hop on the, the Istio bandwagon. We're like, we're an Istio term. But, you know, it just didn't feel like anything about that project was really expressing hmm. what we thought was important. And I think that's that was kind of the conclusion we came to. It's like, yes, they're calling it a service mesh. Yes, it's looking similar, and they have some good ideas, and you know, we'll happily borrow them just as they've been borrowing our ideas. But the goals around that project are different from our goals. The way they're going about it is different from us. 
And so it actually was really helpful because it helped us think about what do we think is really important? Mm-hmm. What is the thing for us that we have to do with Linkerd that like defines Linkerd? You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, is it, is it some particular set of features? Is it blah, blah, blah. And, and what it came down to for us was what we care the most about is simplicity. Mm-hmm. We think that the power of the service mesh can be delivered to you in a way that is simple. It doesn't have to be complex. It doesn't have to be this like scary, massive amount of machinery. And by simplicity, I especially mean operational simplicity. So we had come into this as, um, you know, as, as people who had been operating production software at, at very high scale, waking up at 3 a.m. when things broke. You know, I remember I spent an entire Christmas day one day and like locked in the SRE room at Twitter because like this thing I wrote had broken. And like Twitter breaking on Christmas Day is probably a a bad thing. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we had a lot of empathy for for our adopters because, you know, uh, and and so anyways, like that basically drove us onward. We were like, okay, you know, we don't think what they're doing is right. We have to do this. This is a technology that has to exist. Like, and I think early at that point, you know, 2017, Hmm. it was kind of a question. Now I feel like everyone has kind of recognized, yes, at some point I'm going to need a service mesh, you know, and now there's like the holdouts, you know, are in the minority, whereas back then, like, you know, the people who didn't understand or know about the service mesh were in the vast majority. So anyways, that's, to answer your question, like we had to do a lot of internal reckoning, try and decide what we really considered important and then just it helped us really focus on what that, you know, what that value was. And today, you know, years later, like Linkerd adoption is incredible. And we have people coming to Linkerd from Istio, you know, all the time because of simplicity. They're saying, well, I tried it. I started there because I heard about the marketing. Now I come here and like everything is simple. And that's really validating to me because that was kind of our core uh, belief yeah. way back then. And five or six years later, how do you manage to balance that simplicity with, well, I mean, I'm not 100% sure how many features need to keep being added to a service mesh, but um, how do you balance that and keep that simplicity going and keep up with um, other alternatives? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. Like every time you add a feature, it does introduce more complexity. There's more machinery. Like that's unavoidable, right? And so it's it's really a question about, when we do that and we do add features regularly, you know, like, of course, and there's more features we're adding. But when we do that, we are very disciplined in thinking through what is the operational impact of this? What is the burden we're going to be imposing on the user, right? Like one of the very first features we added, which I'm really, really proud about, is mutual TLS, right? Mm-hmm. So we do TLS, you know, between services um, and we'll... Uh, you know, we validate the identity on both sides. And like, it's a big part of this, you know, zero trust security model, like all this cool, you know, and it's a big reason why a lot of people adopt a service mesh. And the way we did it though, was we said, you know what, if we make this hard to configure, if we make this uh, complex, if we make this like something where you have to do a bunch of work or you have to like choose the right algorithm and, and like add the key length and blah, 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 like, People are not going to use this, or if they do use it, they're going to set it up the wrong way and they're going to leave themselves vulnerable. So how do we make it so that when you install Linkerd out of the box, we do this for you without you having to do any configuration? Mm. And that's, you know, and we got there. It took a whole lot of effort, but that was a big part of the, you know, uh, kind of the, the, the discipline we're trying to follow, which is, yes, these features can be powerful and they can be complex under the hood. 
but you can't like, and you can't like paper over it, right? Like the complexity is there. You have to present it, but you can present it to the user in a way where you reduce the friction, where you allow them to build a mental model of what's happening in the software. Basically, you allow them to operate the software without it being this like scary black box that's just going to break randomly one day, and I'm going to have to go, you know, dig through the code. That's actually a concept I've always been a big um, believer in. It was something that was mentioned when I studied computer science, and it was called HCI, Human Computer Interaction. To term yeah. I've I've resurrected many, many times this abstraction concept, making something yeah. very complicated seem very simple. Um, yeah, and something yeah. like a, a service mesh on container orchestration is probably particularly hard because the the problem area is inherently complex. But well, but really I, not I, don't, going on, so. I don't think it, I actually don't think it is. If you look at it, you know, I think the world of consumer software has gotten very good at HCI, yeah. right? You look at the yeah. iPhone, like what's going on in there? Holy crap. It's incredibly complex, yeah. but you know, it's so simple that you, you see like six month old babies, like, you know, swiping yeah. through there. Right. I don't think the service mesh is more complex than like the full stack of software that goes into an iPhone. True, I don't true. think, so. I think the, the infrastructure world is just lacking that empathy for the end user because we yeah. are all, you know, we're all engineers who like to build infrastructure. We like to add more things. We like to build the ultimate platform. That is our, <laughs> that's our bias as engineers, right? And it takes yeah. a real sense of empathy. It takes a real amount of discipline to like not do that and to think about what is this going to look like to our users? That's a big yeah. change. And I don't think we've gotten there as, a, as an industry. So actually, I feel like this question may be a reiteration of the last question, or maybe just a kind of digging a bit more in. But that opinion, you know, that kind of it's strange because the saying you have something that's opinionated was almost um, a a pattern from a few years ago. Things yeah. like Ruby and Rails and things like right. that was very opinionated, and things right. sort of became more and more configurable and less opinionated in some ways. Yeah. So. I mean, especially when you're in this kind of space where there are so many knobs that people can tweak and they're given something that's like, well, actually, no, we're not going to give you that many to tweak. Again, how do you balance kind of that with your driving as a project goals? You know, this pull pull request is great, but it doesn't suit us. We want it to be simple, that kind of thing. Yep. I I think it comes down to, to design and having a really clear idea around the design. Right. It's not, you know, it's not really a, it's not really one or the other. It's not like you can either have features or you can be simple. You can have both if you do those features the right way. And if you're very thoughtful to like what the impact is and what the like resulting complexity, especially operational complexity Mm -hmm. for our adopters is going to be. So if you look at, you know, one telltale sign, and I'll pick on Istio a little bit, but, you know, if you look at the number of CRDs, right, these are like Kubernetes custom resource definitions, right? This is like kind of like additional database tables that you're adding to Kubernetes, you know. Istio at some point had like 53 of these things, and, you know, Linkerd had two, right? And like, why is it because CRDs are not powerful? No, it's because, like, we love CRDs. Actually, they're annoying to maintain, right? And so we try and design our features so they don't have that okay. right and like so you can you can do this you can accomplish it iphone again iPhone does like a million things right like that are all amazing i'm yeah. like you know using tiktok and it's like talking to a wireless network and just playing the real life video and blah, blah blah you know so these features can be delivered in a way that is not complex it's not either or yeah okay and so let's have a look um 
Linkerd is the iPhone of the service mesh world. Huh? I don't know if I remember like that. I I that's a... Logan, I'll throw that to the marketing team. So the, you just, well, about, uh, what month are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, six weeks ago or so, released uh, version 2.10, 2.10, however you refer to it. Yeah. Um, so actually, um, one interesting thing you mentioned here is a new feature is extensions, which yeah. is kind of an interesting feature, bearing in mind some of what we've just spoken about. It's kind of mm-hmm. almost offsetting some of the simplicity elsewhere to let people maybe kind of do what they want without changing the, the core project too much. Is is that kind of yeah. the idea? or? Well, I think that's a great example of like, you know, how do we add additional functionality to the project without making the project itself like mm-hmm. more complex overall? So composability is one of the fundamental tools for doing this. Mm-hmm. So we can say, hey, now the control plane, the kind of core components for Linkerd are actually smaller than they ever were. There's fewer of them, right? There's like less you have to worry about. If you want like a telemetry stack, you know, then like you can add this component and it takes care of all that stuff for you, you know, but if you have an existing telemetry stack, then like you don't need this thing. So like, why is it even in there? Right. And likewise with, you know, the other things that we pulled out from the core and turned into extensions, Hmm. you know, multi-cluster machinery, like not everyone needs it. If you do, then like, great, you can add it as an extension. And then of course, the thing that I'm really excited about is that we made this Something that any, you know, of course, projects fully open source, but we made the extensions uh, kind of doubly something that anyone can add, right? So it's like an interface. It's not hard to add an extension. We want people to do this. Like, we want you to have the tools to do this. Mm-hmm. Really what the extension model gives you then is like a way of making that cohesive with the rest of okay. the rest of the community. So I'm actually really happy with the, with the design. And I'm guessing it's an open extensions framework, um... So beyond, you know, how many, have you had many contributions of those yet? Or is it sort of too early days? We've had a few. I think it's still early days. You know, we didn't, like, prior to 2.10, we didn't make the rounds and try and garner up, you know, like, hey, does anyone want to co-launch an extension with us? Um, So we've had a few. Uh, You know, the the stuff I'm really interested, uh, and and I think Oliver's interested into getting into extension land, is things like SMI where we have these like parts of Linkerd that are specific to implementing the SMI interface, you know, which is like useful for people who care about SMI. And if you don't care about it or you're not using any tools that drive SMI, then like it's kind of superfluous. So we can move that stuff into an extension. Or the other one that I'm excited about is like ingress, right? Yeah. Linkerd has never shipped with its own ingress controller. We said, hey, we work with every ingress controller and like they do a great job. So like, why would we do that? But we can make it easier for you to, kind of install one of those uh, ingress controllers and have it work with Linkerd in a way that's seamless and so on by using extensions. So I think we'll see a lot more of them in the future. And um, what's on the the roadmap for 2.11, 2.2, whatever. We're just resting on our laurels now. We've basically achieved the perfect service mesh. And so, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. We're just just concentrating on making cool t shirts then. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, so we've made, uh, so 2.11 is going to be focused around policy, which actually Uh is towards for a long time. And I talked about MTLS, right? Like all of the MTLS work that's happened over the past couple of releases has all been in service of kind of the core thing that we need, which is we need identity. We need to know when A talks to B, that you are A and I'm B, and like we can validate that on both sides. And on top of that building block, we can now start building 
policy, mm-hmm. which is specifically saying no, right? So like right now, yeah, yeah. you make a connection through Linkerd that says yes all the time. Like A wants to talk to B, Linkerd will do its darnest to make that connection happen. With policy, you'll be able to say, actually, you don't want that to happen. A is not allowed to talk to B under these conditions. So that's the big uh, feature for 2.11. Okay. And let's just very, very briefly cover uh, Buoyant as well. So what sure. does what does Buoyant, um, LinkedIn Enterprise, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. No, what, no, we're not doing LinkedIn No, I know, I know, I know, I know. But what, what does yeah. Buoyant add on, on top? Yeah, so uh, we have a product called Buoyant Cloud. It is in early access. We've done no okay. marketing about it. Feels like the, um, I know the name though. It feels like I've seen that. Uh, okay, great. Name. But great. <laughs> great name. Maybe I'm thinking. <laughs> you know what? You know what? And this is no. I got. I don't want to offend you. Maybe it just makes me think of Joyant. Maybe that's the problem. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's not. We that don't exist offensive. anymore. I don't think so. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's called Joyant J- Cloud. <laughs> Um, and it's basically a managed Linkerd service. So, you know, if we make Linkerd as simple as possible, you know, of course, but like operating any software still is a burden, right? You still have to set up alerting. You still have to worry about it. You still have to wake up at 3 a.m. So we want to take that operational burden off of your shoulders as much as possible, mm-hmm. make it even simpler. There's still components that are going to have to run on your cluster, of course. Like you can't have the proxies. Yeah. Yeah. sit over here and like we can't host it for you like every call goes across the internet and back you know and there's so there are components that are running in your cluster but we can manage those for you and we can make your life a lot easier okay. so if you're a linkerd user today you can check it out you can uh, get yourself uh, into the early access program it's super cool we've got all sorts of other neat features like slos and you know rollout tracking and stuff in there um, but fundamentally yeah so it's all about reducing the operational burden making the service mesh even easier for you to operate and so timing-wise, um, we're speaking the week before KubeCon EU, in quote marks yep. at the moment. Um, <laughs> what What's your main uh, aim, goal there next week? Oh, gosh. We've got, like, so many Linkerd talks there. This is, like, a particularly good KubeCon for us. You know, not from – I actually am delivering a keynote, which is kind of cool. I'm talking about how – uh, Linkerd has been used by the Linkerd community to combat the COVID-19 global pandemic. So mm-hmm. I'm going to like highlight a couple use cases. Super cool. Some of them are actually full-fledged talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got folks, you know, Linkerd adopters talking yeah. about all the different ways they've used Linkerd. Uh, and Oliver is at the Rust, Cloud Native Rust Day, one of the Day Zero conferences, talking about why Rust is the future yeah. of the cloud. Of course, Linkerd, you know, the proxies built in Rust. All yeah. sorts of cool stuff and security benefits we get from that that I didn't even, you know, we didn't even get to cover this time. Maybe we'll do that next time. You um, must have been one of the earlier big projects outside of Mozilla yeah. that was using Rust then, I guess. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we started, yeah. we actually kicked the tires back in 2015 and we were like, oh, this is a little bit too early. <laughs> um, but then starting around 2000, you know, I kind of mentioned we migrated from off of the Twitter stack, you know, yeah. which is all JVM based yeah. and the modern Linkerd. Control plane is written in Go, and the proxies are written in Rust. We get all these cool benefits, security benefits, and so on. And like the other amazing thing has been that ecosystem is on fire right now. Yeah, all the most modern like asynchronous network programming tech, tech that's happening in the whole world, it's on this Rust ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So I think honestly, I think the Linkerd proxy is like 
probably the most technologically advanced part of the entire Kubernetes uh, or CNCF landscape at this point, because it's like, it's just cool stuff that's happening there. But yeah, you know, and, and nicely you growing much beyond the originators. In fact, the originators are probably the people you hear from least, which is right. <laughs> yeah. kind of interesting yeah. for very. So that was reasons. a bit of a gamble for us, you know, a yeah. couple of years ago. The choice of Rust, but it's paid off so nicely. I'm so I'm so yeah. happy with how it paid off. So, so um, Linkerd is Linker. D.io. Mm-hmm. I mean, just in case yeah. anyone's confused by that, L I N K E R D.io. And for you personally, I'm guessing your ex Twitter um, employee status equals why you have the quite cool Twitter handle. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually kind of annoying because people like to tweet like William and Mary College or about WrestleMania. And so, I was just thinking William Morris, which shows you I'm obviously very outdated. <laughs> obviously, William, William Morris would not have a Twitter account, but anyway, because long since dead. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, so, yeah, anything else you quickly want to mention that we haven't mentioned um, for KubeCon for future announcements? Yeah, no, I think we've, you know, I think we've covered all the basics, you know, Linkerd adoption continues to skyrocket. Please give it a try if you're in the Kubernetes world. I'd love to get your feedback. Uh, Linkerd has been proposed for CNCF graduation, so okay. hopefully we'll have some good news on that front. Um, I don't know if it'll happen, but probably not by KubeCon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, I hope you know by now, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, if you are a Linkerd user, I'd love for you to check out Buoyant Cloud because I think we can do a lot of cool stuff for you. So cool. I think we hit the highlights. Yeah. William Morgan, um, thanks very much for your time. Thanks for having me. This was great.